Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we have Scott Mackner, 330 Maniac, you might see on social media or on YouTube. Scott is from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. He fishes all that, you know, Becker County, Ottertail County, the Lakes area of Minnesota. Tons of fishing opportunities there, and we've had him on plenty of times before to talk about it. This is uh, this is just always it's always fun to get a little bit of a recap from Scott. Now here we are getting to the end of the summer fishing uh, season, and Scott he's a multi-species guy, but I I like talking walleyes with him, especially following along this year on social media and his YouTube, he's definitely got some things figured out or he's in the process of figuring them out. And that's what this show is all about. Summer, big walleyes, looking back at the 2023 open water season with Scott Mackner. Let's get to it. This podcast is brought to you by Northland Fishing Tackle. Northland is a brand you can trust. Since the beginning, they've been creating innovative lure designs made of high quality components. Most importantly, when you buy fishing tackle that says Northland on the package, you can rest assured it is designed for one thing and one thing only, and that is catching fish. To check out more of what they got, head to their website, northlandtackle.com. That link is in the description of this podcast. So... You know, like a lot of times when I start these out, you know, these interviews and Scott, I've had you on plenty of times before, you know, it's like usually I like get a little bit of a recap of like what people have been up to and then we get on, move on to like some sort of like current, you know, some sort of current topic. But this show, I want it to be like the whole thing. I want it to be a recap. I want, I want like, I want to ask you about your summer because one thing that you've been doing the last couple of years, but this year, I feel like it's been an eye opener for me is that you've had a really successful year, especially in the nice walleye department. So I want to talk this whole time about the summer that you've had, things you've figured out, stories that you can tell about you know the walleye fishing that you've had in your area this summer. Because I just, yeah, I just feel like you are obviously getting some stuff figured out. And everything that I know about that part of the world is not everybody has everything figured out when you start talking those summer, you know, July and early August patterns. So let's get it started, man. Recap me a little bit on your summer. How, what have been some of the real great outings that you've had and what have been some of the things you got going on? Well, so, uh, you know, I started out in July, um, you know, kind of, well, I shouldn't say, I'm sorry. I started out in June going and and kind of fishing the typical you know first break lines that you would look for um right where the weeds are starting uh to find the walleyes that i that i've been you know that i've been catching and you know my my main technique has just been an adjustable slip bobber and uh you know believe it or not most people think big leeches when they're when they're talking about catching these walleyes or, or even bigger baits and i found it this year that you know, even a you know, even a large leak was leech was almost too big most of the year, even even up until now. Um, but I've been throwing adjustable slip bobbers at these fish, and uh, and I notice if they're if they're really touchy and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to commit, they're up and down, up and down, looking at your bait a few times. You know, if you're using like save live imaging um, with that adjustable slip bobber setup, I have. I will actually move that weight, you know, from eight inches to 10 inches to 12 inches away from that leech to give it more distance between that tungsten. And I feel like a lot of times that makes a, a very large, um, <clears throat> it makes it a, a big decision maker whether these walleyes are going to bite or not. Yeah, man. I mean, 
That is, I love it. Like, cause there's a couple of things there that I already know I want to touch on. Starting with the patterns, how important is finding the productive lakes, the where the nice fish are at in June, and how that contributes to how you chase them the rest of the year and how you stay on them. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this on on previous podcasts, but I, you know, I will go on the DNR website and I will look at these, at these surveys on these lakes. And, you know, you can go to all these other great lakes that have production, you know, you'll see tons of walleyes, you know, maybe you'll see 30, 40 in that, you know, 15 to 19 inch range, you know, or 12 to 15 inch range. And, you know, and, and, and if I'm looking for big fish, you know, and if, if that is, you know, if that survey is a year, you know, a year or two old to me, you know, that's going to be a great lake to go and find some meter sized fish, you know, maybe an occasional fish over 20 inches. But what I'm doing is I'm looking for these surveys that have, you know, eight, you know, even six, seven, eight, nine, ten fish, you know, over that 25 inch mark on the survey. Cause to me, I'm thinking, okay, you know, if there's a number of these fish in the test nets, then there's, you know, there's got to be way more of these fish in the lake than, you know, than, than there was on there. Um, that's the that's the first thing I do when I'm looking for a big fish lake. Do you feel like, you know, your success in the spring, you know, on those spring patterns contributes to your summer? Like, is that kind of how you feel like you pick lakes? Or do you fish totally different lakes in the spring versus the summer? Like, like how is that for you just from a fishing and just staying on the big fish kind of standpoint? You know, in the in the spring, I certainly do change lakes. You know, I love Otter Tail, such a great lake. You 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 know, that's a that's a great lake. You can go out there and and you know, and you can bring people out there or fish with buddies. You know, and you can go out there and and really hope to catch, you know, a number of fish or whatever for a fish fry or so on and so forth. And then, um, I actually usually right around that uh, mid June mark is when I transition to some of these other lakes that. Uh, I know there's big fish in, and I know there's not numbers of them, but I will go to these lakes and, you know, and by this time of the year, I'm, you know, these fish have moved from that 10 to 12 foot range. Now I'm, I'm talking, you know, 16 to 18 feet on these points where I'm looking for some rock or, or gravel or where there's just a, a sparse weed edge that drops off of one of these points into deep water. You know, just from like a lake, like a lake map layout, uh, sort of standpoint, do you feel like there's some consistency to the type of lakes that you like to fish in the summer for these nice walleyes? Or do you feel like, um, you know, uh, you know, the diversity sort of plays a factor and then you kind of got to look for different, different types of, you know, a spots, uh, for the different lakes. You know, I, I'm, I'm on many of these lakes, I'm looking for the same type of structure, you know, maybe, you know, maybe one lake will have 20 of these different points, you know, and it, and it makes it a little bit harder to go to all these points, you know, and, and to find these fish. But one thing that I found consistent with all these lakes is, you know, they're, they're fairly deep lakes. I'm talking, you know, over 50 or 60 feet deep that I'm finding, you know, these big fish lakes on. Um, and I, I honestly, most of them really aren't that big. I don't, you know, I don't, but I'm I'm not you know I'm not finding these fish on large lakes. It's it's more smaller smaller lakes in in my opinion um, that have deeper water, have like two you know and they have tulipy in there, you know some really good you know source of food that these fish can gorge themselves on. In my opinion, get you know large like that. You know, and you mentioned that that, that this year, um, 
you haven't really been very diverse in your techniques so specifically and that you've done a lot of slip bobber in this year. Tell me more about that. Like what has, when you look back, you know, on in the last handful of years, you know, fishing for you, like, you know, how has that progression always been? Have you, have you always been a big fan of the slip bobber thing or, you know, like the rest of us, you know, we kind of go through the seasons where it's like, well, you know, once it gets into summer, uh, you know, it's a leech and a crawler harness type of thing, but then it reaches a point where the big minnows are kind of the big deal, you know, and rigging, rigging big minnows is a big deal. And then, um, you know, and then the fall comes in and then we're jigging a lot of deep structure again, like, like how do you, how is it, or, or like, what's the, what's the progression for you when you go through these seasons and you see everybody else changing techniques and it's a new season for a new, you know, strategy and presentation and you're out there, you know, throwing slip bobber, uh, you know, adjustable slip bobber presentation all year long. Tell me more about that for you and just kind of how that has evolved as a technique and how you've been perfecting it and just, you know, just more of those storytelling and just referencing some of your outings and just how they've gone a little bit to kind of help you build confidence in that. You know, uh, a, a really good buddy of mine uh, actually uh, up, up until maybe like seven years ago or so, my my technique of catching walleyes is what my dad taught me. We go to these lakes that we never went to really deep lakes, um, you know, hide of land, um, you know, just these, a bunch of these shallower lakes. And we would pull a little Joe gold spinner with a fathead along all these weed edges. And we would catch walleyes and crappies and perch. And I just always thought that was like, that was walleye fishing. I never, ever had any idea of a slip bobber of a, you know, of a Lindy rig or a rig with a chub of a, you know, a jig and a shiner. I, I had no idea until one day a friend of mine was like, Hey, do you want to go walleye fishing? Cause I didn't even have a boat at the time. So he takes me out and, you know, really like introduces me to this world. Um, you know, this, this new world we go out and, and I'm bringing these spinners and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to rip shiners. And I'm like, what, I don't even know what he's talking about. And we catch, you know, we catch, we start catching walleyes and these shiners and then, he tells me we're going to catch some, some bigger walleyes on a slip bobber and a leech. And I really thought that he was like crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and the very first walleye I caught on a slip bobber and a leech was a 25 incher. And I was, I was just floored that we were out here and he was telling me, Oh yeah, the, you know, get, you, you want your leech four feet off the bottom because the smaller ones, you know, they won't go up that far for these leech. And, and I really thought he was crazy. And, you know, and I, and I, and I got hooked on those, you know, on those techniques. And as he took me out, you know, more and more than I got my own boat, you know, you, you get more confidence in certain techniques. Um, like I said, springtime is a, you know, a jig and a shiner or a Lindy rig. And um, <clears throat> I really like throwing a jig and a shiner in the springtime, but it, you know, it's a, it's a confidence thing. I, you know, I, I caught more minnows or I caught more walleyes on these Lindy rigs. So I would, you know, I'd focus on the Lindy rig and, and that was, really my thing for a couple of years or so and now you know with the in my opinion with the with the zebra mussels becoming more prevalent in these lakes i i believe that um as of recently you you can't do the classic you know pull a big minnow through you know a lot of these bodies of water and go over these fish without them being scared you know or, or scattering from the boat yeah so 
you know, my, that's where, where my technique of, of the slip bobber and casting to these fish, you know, whether you're using side imaging or live imaging or whatever, um, you know, now you can, now you can, even, even the Lindy rig casting to these fish, you know, without worry of, of scaring them away um, has, has been a really big, you know, a really big eye opener for me as of recently. And we're talking big walleyes that go out and chase down big bait, but you're having your success feeding them a small bait. Walk me through that a little bit. You know, and I, 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 I've, I've sat here and pondered, you know, why these walleyes are, are, you know, are going after these smaller leeches and so on and so forth. Because, you know, in the, in the springtime, I'm starting out with, uh, say, 12-pound floral and a size, you know, six hook on my line. And now, as of recently, uh, especially, I, I, I just fished a tournament here this last weekend. Where I and I, and I talked with a lot of the other anglers out there, and they were they were very adamant that that the the bite was really tough, and you know, and me and me and my partner um, Mike Wick here from the bait store, we uh, we ended up you know we ended up filling out our limit of walleyes, and after after talking with these guys, I mean, we can we actually kind of talked about our different techniques because they would say, you know, we found schools of walleyes and we casted a slip bobber and leech at them you know, five, six, seven times and they would go up and go down and they just, you know, did not want to cooperate. Um, so we, you know, we changed our techniques. Well, what I did, what I did was I ended up going from my 12 pound test down to eight pound floral. And then I went from my size six hook down to a size four hook. So it was a very small hook. So, you know, your, your, you know, your hook percentage, or I should say your hook percentage, your, your percentage of getting those fish to the boat, you know, definitely goes down. But I I noticed that I switched, you know, I downsized that hook, you know, smaller leads, smaller diameter line, and and I, I would consistently cast these fish. I might cast them 14 times and don't ask, you know, I don't know exactly why, but all of a sudden time number 15, you know, they would decide to take the bobber down. But it, you know, it definitely um, had something to do with, you know, getting a smaller size hook, smaller size line. And I don't know if these fish are actually seeing the line or anything. I, I honestly feel like that, like they're seeing something that they don't like. So, you know, whether this hook is, is, is too heavy for these smaller leeches and they don't look so natural, you know, so you put a thinner line on there. So they're less restricted, smaller hook on there, less restricted. And then now these walleyes, all they're seeing is a, is a free swimming leech in the water. And they decide that, Hey, you know, that's, you know, that's acceptable as uh, you know, as forage. Yeah, man. Like, tell me a little bit more. I want I want some more storytelling. Tell me about some of your outings this year and just some of the things that where you feel like you're either really beefing up your confidence, you know, just some of your favorite outings this year and just kind of how they went down and what the situation was like with weather, you know, water, temperature, weeds, just anything that you feel like really mattered. Uh, you, any of those stories come to mind? You know, I, I had a couple, a couple uh, outings this year that I got on a, you know, some really nice fish and, uh, you know, they, and they, they, and both of them were, were slip bobber instances that really, you know, really made me think that I knew what I was doing. You know, I, I went to this lake that I knew at one point, you know, you, you know, 20 years ago was, had a lot of big walleyes in it. And, you know, the recent surveys hadn't showed a lot, you know, and, and, and surveys don't always show you, you know, for sure what's in that lake, I, I'll go back years and years and years and look sometimes. And, 
if I got a feeling that this lake, you know, might produce, I'll, I'll waste a day going out there and checking. But uh, I ended up going to this lake um, with a buddy of mine, and he had uh, forward-facing sonar, and, and we're, and the, so the mapping on this lake, you know, by the way, is actually not, nowhere near what the graph, you know, what is on these, these graphs that we have, you know, um, we're, we're actually in like 14 feet of water on top of this hump and, and it shows it as like two feet of water. So, um, anyway, we go across this hump and, and he, and he scans it and there's like, there's literally like 60 fish on top of this hump. And I look at him and I'm like, gosh, you know, these, these must be suckers, you know? And cause you know, you don't normally see, you know, numbers of fish like that. And, you know, we get there, um, you know, and, you know, he spot locks and I, and I cast out at this group of fish and, you know, you see a bunch of them race up to the line and all of a sudden my bobber sinks and I set the hook and I got it. And I, you know, and I, I didn't, this day I wasn't even shooting video. Um, I set the hook and I got my, I got my ultralight rod on because it was kind of a, I, you know, I was going for, I know there was sunfish, whatever in this lake. Anyway, I set the hook and I think I got this just monstrous Northern on takes me maybe six or seven minutes to get it to the boat. You know, and ends up being a PB walleye mine, you know, 29 incher. That was just a, just an absolute unit of a fish. It, you know, it didn't look like a, it, it was in June, but it, it almost looked like a, like a, like a pre-spawn walleye. I, 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 I'm sure it was over 10 pounds. It was just such a big fish, you know? And we look at each other and we're just like, wow, you know, like these are, these are, you know, potentially all walleyes and we're both casting a slip bobber and leech. And we have a, we have a day of like, I don't know, you know, I, I would say we've probably caught 55, you know, fish or so. And the majority of them were, you know, were over 19 inches long, a lot of 25, 26 inch fish. And, uh, and they were just, I mean, they were just hammering that bait and, you know, it was the only it was the only hump that we found on that lake that, that had a bunch of, I would say like bowling ball, you know, bowling ball size rock on it. And it wasn't the whole thing. You'd just see little piles of it across the top of this hump with just sparse weeds around it. But for, you know, whatever reason, and, and you could definitely see clouds of bait fish, whether uh, actually there was, there was clouds of bait fish on this hump. And I remember, um, cause he likes throwing a big minnow. He, I remember him pulling a minnow up and there was a cloud of like, you know, a 500 or a thousand perch that were about two inches long chasing his minnow. Oh yeah. And they were just all over this hump, but you know, and they were like, so they were just so aggressive that day you'd cast and it wasn't, it wasn't like, I wonder if these fish are biting. You would just cast and, and flick your bobber a couple of times, you know, and, and if your bobber sat in that one spot for more than a minute or so without bite, you would literally reel in and cast, you know, 20 feet left or right. But you, Almost got a bite, you know, or lost a fish. Every single cast out there. This podcast is brought to you by Northland Fishing Tackle. Northland is a brand you can trust. Since the beginning, they've been creating innovative lure designs made of high-quality components. Most importantly, when you buy fishing tackle that says Northland on the package, you can rest assured it is designed for one thing and one thing only, and that is catching fish. To check out more of what they got, head to their website, northlandtackle.com. That link is in the description of this podcast.
how often when you when you have success, thinking about your successful trips, just like that one, you know, you talk about you know you you had to keep looking at more spots on that lake throughout the day to realize that there was a little bit something special about that spot and that those that rock the size of that rock and sort of the configuration kind of made it special. How often when you're going from lake to lake, every lake's a little bit different, but the spots that are productive, how often do you feel like, you know, the spots that are productive have something that's just a little bit special? Or how often is it where, God, this spot looked exactly like the other spot, but this one had fish and this one didn't? Like, tell me about that and what kind of gives you confidence in your spots. You know, it is it is quite often that that I look for, you know, that kind of detail on other lakes. Cause you know, the, the other story I was going to tell you was something very similar on another lake that was actually, you know, that was in Ottertail County. Um, and I, I shot a, I shot a, a, a video out there uh, a month or two ago. And it's, it's actually called like this slip bobber technique for big walleyes. You need to know now. And, if, and on that video, I, I, I get into a lot of, you know, 20 plus inch fish and I literally almost replicated, you know, the structure, um, and like almost down to a T from that lake to the next lake. Cause I, I'm going across these points and now I'm looking for points that have, you know, have some of this rock on there, but you know, all these points are also very, very close to deep water, you know, where they drop off into a, you know, 40 plus foot hole. Um, and I, and I also noticed on, on this other lake now, you know, I was catching fish on two or three different spots in this lake. Um, and all three spots looked the same. They might not have been the same size. Like the, fir- the first spot I went was, you know, maybe, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards long with a lot of this scattered rock, you know, adjacent to deep water. And I held a lot of fish, but I, I checked more points, you know, down the lake further that had the same type of structure, but maybe it only hold, you know, it hold, a, you know, eight or 10 fish, but it was definitely you know, in relative, you know, comparison, um, the same as his other, these other spots I'd been. When you're, when you're cruising on a lake, you know, summertime, when you're looking for some of these, you know, summer bites, do you have more confidence? Do you go and do you fish every spot, you know, uh, or do you drive a lot around a lot and look for fish and just look for that, you know, that right recipe before you even start casting? I usually do a lot of driving around. Um, if, if I'm having success, you know, you know, looking at certain structure and if I'm driving with my boat, you know, and I got, I got, you know, uh, side imaging on and I go across a point and, you know, and I see, you know, the same type of rock. If I have, you know, most of the day to fish, I will just stop and I will, you know, and I will fish those, those spots, you know, every single one that I can. And, you know, they, they all definitely do not yield fish. Um, you know, and I've been trying to figure out why, you know, one spot doesn't yield fish versus the other, even, you know, when they all look the same. But if I'm having success, you know, fishing certain structure or certain areas, I will try almost every spot on that lake. Because, you know, even, even uh, you know, forward-facing sonar does not catch all the fish. You know, people yep. people think, you know, hey, you, you know, if, if you're going by these areas and, and they, they turn the live scope or the, you know, or whatever they're using – and they scan, they don't see any fish out there. They think, Hey, you know, there's, you know, there must be none on there, which definitely isn't true. Um, just, uh, probably two weeks ago or so once again, I was out fishing with my buddy, Mike, 
and he was, you know, he was using forward-facing sonar, and he was casting at a big fish that was on a, just a point that was coming out. There was like a weed edge and it dropped off. There really wasn't any rock on there, but there wasn't a lot of features on this lake. So, you know, just that one point was one that we focused on. But he, I could see there was a big fish there. And as he, you know, he was looking and you could see his bait dropping down by this fish. You could see the bottom, you know, on the sonar and literally like a, like a bubble four more of these really large marks just floated right out of the bottom. Like they must've been laying right in the mud the whole time. You know, he did, he definitely couldn't see him with, with the sonar at that time. And he ends up getting one of these fish to bite, you know, and uh, it's a 27 and a half inch walleye, like a really nice fish, very well built. And, and I, and I looked at him cause we were talking one day about how, you know, how the how the forward facing stuff doesn't show the fish all the time and and sometimes you just have to go with your instincts and in, in just fish areas another conversation you know part of this conversation these summertime walleyes uh you know like suspended fish like not every walleye is pinned to the bottom what have been some what's some of your interpretation on that like this summer have have you been more successful focusing uh on some of these good spots and you feel like a lot of the fish are kind of laying low uh still or what's what are some of your experiences or some of your opinions after this year specifically with some of the suspended type of bites in the summertime you know from from this year you know and a little bit of last year um is you know i've I've noticed a lot of these fish you know well the majority of these fish that are you know over deeper water that are 12 to 15 to 18 feet down um, I'm seeing a lot of singles or doubles or even threes and it's, you know, all these fish are all big fish. I'm really not finding any, any small ones that are suspended. Um, they're all, you know, 20 plus inch fish and, and, you know, these ones actually, I haven't been casting slip bobbers. These ones, I have been casting big, you know, big Creek chubs, Sacramento's red tails, whatever I can bring with bring with me even even uh river shiners i caught a few in river shiners this year but i feel that those fish have been out there you know once again you know they're looking for those suspended larger bait fish you know um like said the the cisco or or whatever you know you see you see schools of small crappie and stuff even swimming around out there and uh you know and I, i'll cast a linear rig at these fish and you'll see them and that's where you get into that you know that that uh mentality of these you know these fish are, are really hungry and super aggressive um i've had some of my most aggressive bites on these on these baits they'll come from you know they almost look like a bass your, your line hits the water it goes down maybe six or seven feet and these fish will, will climb you know 10 feet and hit your bait and you you almost think oh gosh this might be a largemouth and you set the hook and you know you, you fish walleyes enough you you can kind of get an idea of what the what the head shake is and you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this a walleye? And you get it up and you're like, wow, you know, it's a 24 inch walleye. So now you're out, you know, looking for these, you know, these suspended fish. What's your sort of mentality or what's your sort of opinion on some of that stuff where when, when it's a tough day or, or, or when it's a, when, when you go out there and the conditions aren't necessarily perfect. And we all know what that is because most of us don't get to choose when we go fishing, we go when we can. And then Mother Nature will throw us a curveball. Any more stories like that or just more like 
how you work your way through a tough day. I'm, I have a story here. And I, just when you're telling me about tough day, it had, it, uh, had to sink into my brain here. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd, I'd, or I'd mentioned, but like I said, I'm, I'm a, I've been captaining for the, for the high school fishing team this year. Well, we, uh, just not, not too long ago, we had high school league up on Strawberry Lake up North. And, um, I'd, I'd been up there, you know, earlier in the day and had some good success catching some walleyes and catching some smallmouth. And I, you know, and I felt I had a really good pattern, you know, going for these kids and, and, um, I went and picked them up and, you know, the kids can, you know, they can, they kind of choose, you know, what they want to fish or you ask them what they want to do. But anyway, I had told them cause I, I went out and did a little pre-fishing and I got, um, a 27 and a half inch, you know, walleye and I and I found this nice pod and some smallies and I said hey guys like you know I got a good plan for us if you're if you're down for it um nothing's changed uh, it's still cloudy in 10 miles an hour and you know and we we're we we're just pumped to go out there and do this and we go back out there and you know this is an, an hour and a half after having all the, the success and we find you know all these fish and none of them want to bite like we didn't boat, you know, a single walleye, a single smallmouth. We ended up going up in the, you know, the weed and stuff and catching some northerns for them. But, uh, you know, that was a real eye-opener for me to just sit there and scratch my head. Like, you know, we were just here and, and we were catching them on leeches and we caught some on creek chubs. And, and we had such a good pattern put together. I did, I should say, for these kids. And, and just like a, the flip of the switch, you know. And, and when you go and do this, you, you just... You know, you want to do the the best for the kids. You know, you want them to catch fish, and and you were. I was just so confident about what I had going on out there, and I come go back out to just throw a total whiff. Um, that was that was disheartening quite a bit. And so, you know, how how much do you put on like bite windows in those scenarios? You know, I haven't noticed it to be that great of a factor um, on the on the majority of the lakes that I fish, but it is definitely, it is definitely been a factor on a handful of them. And, um, like I've, you know, I've noticed that, uh, most lakes are, well, not most like the lakes that I have issues with are, uh, are, a you know, a six o'clock to, to eight thirty or nine o'clock bite. Um, even, even though I found these fish here, it's like somebody flipped a, flipped a switch, you know, around that six o'clock range and out of nowhere, I could cast these actually, uh, one lake I was at, I actually was fishing these fish and I almost like just left the whole spot because I'm like, these fish are not active. And then it was like somebody literally flipped a light switch. All of a sudden, you know, I, I catch three walleyes out of out of five casts. Uh, so normally, I you know, I don't put that much thought into the bite window because um, I usually have pretty good success. But there's been a few times this year where it made a it made a very big uh difference on what times I was going there. I feel like that's a major talker. Like I feel like a bite windows because, you know, for so long, you know, our, our standard, uh, you know, just sort of the traditional way of thinking about targeting walleyes in the summer is that it's low light, right? It's morning and evening or one or the other. And a daytime bite isn't even worth talking about, but I think that's been a huge, I think that's a huge thing right now in the walleye world. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've, you know, 
And I, and I'm the same way. If I hear people talk about how tough the bite is, you, you no matter how much you try, you know, it, kind of, it gets in the back of your subconscious and you're just like, you know, when you get up to that first spot, maybe you're finding some fish and, you know, and they're not biting and, and in the back of your head, you're like, Oh my gosh, is it, you know, is it that tough of, of a bite, you know? Um, and, you know, and sometimes it is, but you know, most times, you know, there's, there's active fish in the lake somewhere. And I think that's the other thing is I think people get stuck on fish, you know, they, they get out there, and like I said, sometimes I've, you know, I, I will literally, even if I have fish that are interested, you know, like say I'm casting a bobber at this school of walleyes, and there's 20 of them in there, and they, you know, and they're up and down at my in my thing for 20 minutes or a half hour, and I just know they're there. Um, I literally have to, you know, put myself aside and say, listen, you know, th- you know these ones just aren't biting. And I think um, some people that are going over this fish and seeing them, you know, and I've heard people say it before. They're like, you know, they're here. They got a bite. You know, they're here. And I think it, you know, it, it takes some, uh, uh, some, oh gosh, what's the word I'm thinking of here? You know, when you, when you got to tell yourself, hey, you know what, you, you, you got to move on. You know, you got to try something different or, or move to a different spot and, and try to find some fish that are active, you know, because yeah. there's definitely, you know, active fish on the lake somewhere in, in most instances. Yeah. And, and sometimes just changing your spot is what can keep you fresh and focused. Cause Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I don't know what it's like for you, but you know, like the way you explain makes so much sense. Like where, you know, staying on those fish that are kind of winning, staying on those fish that, you know, have denied you a few times. If, if they're getting the upper hand, if you feel them getting the upper hand, like mentally, Go find some other fish just so that you're more optimistic. You know, or they're, they're doing something wrong or, and you know, that the tournament we just fished in, that's, that's exactly what we did. You know, we, we caught, you know, we caught our fish, but I couldn't tell you how many times we were, you know, we were on this, this large, it was a large hump that was anywhere from 14 to 19 feet. And we would, you know, we'd cast at a school of fish and literally, um, you know, we'd take the jog feature on the, on the boat and we would literally just jog, 70 or 80 feet in the opposite direction of a school so so we weren't even able to cast at the same school again you know or else we'd find ourselves doing it and then and that's how we found success all of a sudden you know we moved 70 feet over here and you know and we're you know we're using whatever and we're like oh here's a different pot of fish all of a sudden you cast those those and and all of a sudden the second cast you know your bobber goes down and you know and 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 that's a good feeling you know you're like okay i made the right decision you know of of place myself away from this school and you know just just trying a different pot of fish yeah man i think those are big takeaways man we can wrap this up i i'm so glad to have your time and talk about this and recap your successful outings this summer because yeah following along i feel like you're definitely onto something in a part of the world where not everybody's onto it i mean nice fish in the in the month of after fourth of july you know, in Ottertail County, Becker County, that whole like Detroit Lakes area, like not everybody can just go out and have that confidence that time of year. It's definitely, it's definitely tricky, but hearing your stories, I think is eye opening and, and how you kind of maneuver, uh, you know, looking for spots that are high productive or high production, you know, identifying a pattern, how you find lakes, uh, you know, that have the fish. I mean, that information's out there, um, you know, for the public to find on the internet and you can find these lakes, you can see what the forage base is. You can see how many nice fish they're, they're getting in their catch nets. 
and you go out there and just break it down. Whether you drive through, drive the whole lake and see the spots, or you just go and fish. If you have the time and you can go fish all the good looking spots, do it. And, you know, forward sonar isn't always going to show you all the fish. I think that's a big takeaway because right now the popularity of the conversations around forward sonar, you know, if some people might listen to this, don't have that technology and think that, they can't get anything out of this conversation. I think that's far from the truth. I think that just learning how to build confidence in, you know, putting spot lock or anchoring up and casting onto this good stuff instead of driving over it is a huge takeaway. And, uh, and you know what, there, there's a time to upsize. There's a time to chase down fish with a big minnow. And there's a time where leech on finesse hook and line is absolutely the way to go at the same time of year. So I feel like there's a lot to take away from that. And then just, you know, that last bit of conversation about how to how to mentally prepare for this time of year. And I think that that stuff is so huge. So I like the stories. I love it all. Scott, um, we can wrap this up. If you think of anything else that was meaningful that we should touch on, any other tidbits, um, let me know. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. No, I think uh, I think we covered about everything. You know, I will say that you know, mentioning that I you know that I was using the the slip bobber and the leech and this and that, and you know, and I, I do like to cover my bases. So you know, whenever I go out, even if I don't plan you know don't plan on using a bunch, I'll I'll always bring a dozen or two crawlers, you know, a dozen minnows, just because you know, even though I know that my my slip bobber technique's working, I just always can't rely on it because there's been instances where it just wasn't working, and like you know, other situations, you you know you 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 change your technique and and all of a sudden just on this one lake you know all you know that mineral work or that actually um you know one of the things i was using this this summer as well that i did get some big walleyes on and it wasn't as consistent as the leeches was i was clipping off night crawlers about the last two inches of the tail and putting it on my hook like i would a leech and if you held that hook up in the air and you'd see that tail just twirling around in a circle, you know, from the crawler doing its thing. Um, that was that was actually another bait that I used this year to get, you know, a number of walleyes on that you don't really see a lot of people. You know, usually they're pulling on a lindy ray or, you know, they're pulling on a rig over weeds or so on and so forth. Um, it's not too often you see it on a bobber. Right on, man. Great tips, dude. Scott, let's wrap this up. Promote yourself where people can find you and ask questions or follow along on your stuff on YouTube and whatever. Lay it out there. Hey, hey, I appreciate the chat tonight, bud. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at 330Maniac, um, Facebook and Instagram, 330Maniac, 330Maniac Outdoors. And I even have a TikTok account where I post uh, fishing videos, snapshots, all that good stuff on there. And same thing for 330Maniac. I appreciate your time. This podcast is brought to you by Northland Fishing Tackle. Northland is a brand you can trust. Since the beginning, they've been creating innovative lure designs made of high-quality components. Most importantly, when you buy fishing tackle that says Northland on the package, you can rest assured it is designed for one thing and one thing only, and that is catching fish. To check out more of what they got, head to their website, northlandtackle.com. That link is in the description of this podcast.